Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the first edition of the Purple and Gold Hoops podcast. This is Adam. This is Kevin. And we look, we're going to be bringing you all your Lakers content. So if you can hit that like and subscribe button for us, that'd be great. And hopefully you like the show, so sit back and enjoy. Um, first thing I want to get to, man, what did you think about that Clippers loss opening night? The Clippers loss was almost embarrassing, you know? Because you, you look at the Clippers like it's like, this is like my little brother. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't expect him to do anything. And when they came out and, when they came out and beat us, I, I just felt embarrassed, honestly. Yeah. Especially no PG. Um, the hype surrounding the whole game from when the, when the schedule came out in what? Early to mid-August, like that was the talk of the town for two months. Yeah. Um, all the way down to tip-off when LeBron was getting hyped before the game and all that, like to come out so flat and it 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 just wasn't a good look for me, man. Like I don't I don't know how else to put it, but they didn't show up. What's even more embarrassing is like in the in the preseason, Lakers are running tons of pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Lakers are running through teams like crazy, and you were just like, "Oh, this this offense is gonna be explosive. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna dominate teams." We're Getting gonna... the ball to AD yes. early and often, um, and then the game started, and it felt like you know there. It, it felt like watching like old clips of Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, like, you know, LeBron passed the ball over to to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis went to work, and if he needed to, he would kick it out. Mm-hmm. Well, it, but what, what was bad about it to me was. The Clippers started out with Zubat in the starting lineup, Garden AD, and they Doc switched that within two or three minutes. And Montrez Harrell came in, Lou Williams came in, and they just blew the Lakers out of the water. So it wasn't even like the starters did it. Yeah, like we're getting our tails handed to us by the bench. And Clippers are a great team; they're going to be there at the end of the year, but. Man, you, you had to come out and set a tone for that first game because especially playing in Staples Center together and all the hype surrounding and everything, that that wasn't a good look to me. Yeah, they're, well, they're, their bench outscored us. I mean, but they're, I think their bench is going to outscore most teams because that's, that's how they're built. You know, mm-hmm. you have Lou Williams. He's like, to me, he's a six-man pro- god. Professional scorer. <laughs> yeah. Like, when, you know how they say hey, Steph Curry is like effortless. Mm-hmm. He is a professional scorer. He's he's always getting people to foul him. Mm-hmm. That fadeaway, leaning left. We saw it a lot oh, as Lakers God. fans yes. a couple years ago, and, and now I loved we, it back then. Yeah, now we got get defeated by it. it it's <laughs> but it's something else, and I don't know how they're gonna attack the Clippers. I mean, I, I know the game plan is always going to be to get the AD the ball, especially against the Clippers with their lack of size and having Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the wings. But the Lakers didn't look ready for that at all, and that that worries me. Maybe it was a trip to China, but I don't know. Maybe it was poor preparation from the coaching staff. But I am very pleased with what Vogel's doing. You know what? It it took seven other games, Mm -hmm. but I'm on Vogel's side outside of his name, his ugly name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you hate that name, man. You hate that. It's about the third time tonight that you mentioned it. He's got the ugliest <laughs> name in the game. Like, hey, my name is Frank Vogel. Well, get used to saying that name a lot because we hopefully make a deep playoff run this year. So, I mean, if the man takes us to the finals, I'll say his name all he wants. Man, unless Jason Kidd takes his job. 
Nah, I, I I think the strong start kind of put those rumors to bed. I don't think that's a possibility anymore. Earlier in the season, I did wonder, though. But right now, Frank Vogel's doing everything right, especially the halftime adjustments. Yeah. No, his defense is his, his defense is doing really well. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're ranked number, number one. Number one, yep. Yeah. Just held Miami to 80 points for the whole game. They held them to 34 in the second half. That... You can't ask for much better than that. Especially in today's NBA. Mm-hmm. Guys are like averaging, what, 100 points per game? 110, 100 something. Yeah, no one's playing any, any defense. I think Houston played a game and they, they scored like, what, 150? 159, yeah. They gave a, they scored 159 and got a one-point win <laughs> against Brooklyn. So, I mean, it was 159, 158. But that, that shows you something. And the fact that the Lakers come out and they – LeBron has said this a few times this year. They really hang their hat on the defensive end of the ball or end of the court. Yeah. And that's what they want their identity to be. AD came out preseason and said he wanted to be defensive player of the year. Um, The whole team has been talking about since training camp, defense, defense, defense. And they're playing great defense, especially in the seven-game win streak. I mean, you don't get a seven-game win streak without playing some sort of defense. Yeah. No, you're right. Um. I mean, uh, AD's uh, he's leading leading the league in the in blocks. Yeah, what's he got? I think three, three and a half now a game. Three blocks per game. Uh, he's I think he's like third when it comes to rebounds. So he's he's putting in his part. I I have no qualms with AD whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then the Lakers are leading the league in blocks as well with eight a game or something. I know a few games back they had ten, but overall the number one in the league in blocks is a team. Yeah, and a lot of that comes from. Who'd ever thought Dwight Howard? Oh my God! Seven years ago, we oh were cursing this man's name. That is, that is a subject in itself. Exactly, Dwight Howard. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I have to say because I used to hate Dwight Howard, especially the way he came off when you know the Lakers really wanted to resign him, mm-hmm. and he was the billboards like, to stay, yeah, stay D twelve or whatever it said, and he straight up bounced on us. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, all right, cool. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of that has to do with Kobe. Uh, Kobe really didn't like him and made his year hell. Um, and Dwight has come out and said numerous times since then that he really shouldn't have even been on the court. He had a torn labrum and he had just came off back surgery. But he wanted to show the Lakers fan base what he could do so bad. He came back when he was, really shouldn't even have been playing. He shouldn't have played that whole year, he says. I don't know how true that is, but, I mean, he did it. He played and... We don't have the fondest memories of Dwight Howard and Purple <laughs> Gold, but he's turning that around this year. His energy, his effort, the way he pumps the crowd up, um, gets everybody going. Even when he's not getting a whole lot of minutes, he's on the bench uh, motivating guys, basically telling them. He was mic'd up recently. He was on the bench talking about, yo, why are we sitting down? We're the bad news bears. Get up. Like, get up. And you saw Troy Daniels get up. You started to see Quinn Cook get up. And you saw more energy on the bench, which fed to the starters. And he's doing a lot. And I'm liking the energy and what Dwight is bringing to the table, especially defensively. I, You know, I really appreciate his defense, his rebounding. Um, he's, he's really coming off the bench and doing what he needs to do, keep it, keeping his head down, putting in the work. I just hope it can last the entire season because we're only eight games in mm-hmm. out of 82 games. And I need him to be the way he is. Because, I mean, if he, if he continues playing this way, there's no way in hell the Lakers can keep him next year. 
we, we wouldn't be able to afford it. Yeah, and, and but that that's the goal. Like that was what the Warriors' goal with Boogie was last year. That's what yeah. our goal was with Boogie before he tore his ACL in the middle of the summer. Was it? We hope you come in and you outperform this contract so far that somebody is going to pay you, and we can't do that. Yeah, because that means yeah we're going to lose you, but that means you played incredible. And think about how the team is playing now because you're doing so well. You're the fourth, fifth, sixth option, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And hopefully at the end of the year, that means we get a championship. True. But because prior to this, every time he got traded, I was smiling. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, when he left us for uh, Houston, I was sitting there and I was cursing his name. I hope Dwight never wins a ring. Granted, I never Everything. thought he would be back. Like, but now, know. yeah, but now he's back and it's like, do I despise him so much that I don't want us to get? <laughs> I mean, it, it, we're we're trying to get seventeen. We're, that that serious uh, tie in the Celtics. We spoke about this a little bit before we started recording and what that meant to us. Uh, and I think all Laker fans feel the same way. We want not only seventeen, but we want eighteen 18. as well. We want we want to be the top of the NBA, even though we're already kind of viewed as such. We want to say we have the most championships the most trophies and that that's the big thing that lebron has to bring us is at least two yeah he needs to bring us at least two and dwight is going to be a big part of that this year like you said if he keeps playing the way he's playing yeah yeah um he's doing everything though he's what's it what's he averaging for steals because i know he's getting a couple steals a game as well he has to be around probably one one and a half maybe i'm not too sure we'll look that up right now but he's he's even playing defense well on the perimeter. He is. He's and getting out. He's being oh. able to switch. He's um, checking uh, smaller guards and. Yes, yeah, so, because last year, last year I was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Then, mm-hmm. like, supposedly we we're going to get LeBron James, mm-hmm. and from what I see, we got the old man Dwight Howard, six tenths of a steal game, one point nine blocks. Oof. So, I gave him a little bit extra credit on the steals part. But, I mean, the fact that he has any steals, he's a big man, and yeah. he's never played perimeter defense. So that that that's a testament to his hustle and the defensive scheme from Frank Vogel. And I think a big overlooked factor in the offseason was who we added on our coaching staff, along with Frank Vogel. They got another defensive wizard, Who's the assistant coach? Not Jason Kidd. Uh, Lionel Hollins. Lionel, I like him. He's known for his defense as well. Yeah, he's been around the block many a times. And I honestly think that you put two great defensive minds in Frank Vogel and Lionel Hollins. Yeah, you're going to get some. Yeah, that's why we're seeing the number one defense in the league. And this defense right now is nasty. Granted, it's been against a few subpar teams. But they did play Dallas on the road. They and, won that game. San yeah. Antonio. And the defense is what helped win that game. Mm-hmm. Because we were down against Dallas. Yeah. Uh, we're down because we came out slow, though. And that, But that's the theme of all eight games. I don't care if it was the first one, the loss, or any of the seven-game win streak. The Lakers come out slow every night. Ugh. And it's killing me. It's eating me up inside because they can't keep doing it. I don't, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's them not being prepared enough um, from the coaching staff 
or if they just don't take people seriously and they just think they can turn on the switch whenever they want. But when they come out for the third quarter in the second half, completely different team, especially defensively. I feel like they start to lock people down defensively in the second half after they make their adjustments and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what this issue is, like where it's coming from or how to how for them to fix it because the second halves look amazing. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that, you know, we're one of the last teams, I think we're ranked like 27th when it comes to pick and roll, and we're not really getting everyone involved. It's, it looks like a it looks like an AD show. Mm-hmm. Like I'm watching Will Chamberlain, the owners up there saying, you know, just give Will the ball, let him <laughs> go to work, and right. the rest of the Lakers are just standing around, like you know, kind of like when the, when, when the Lakers are standing around watching Kobe. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there saying, like, okay, you know, when when is the the ball going to start moving? Because then we can get those open three point shots. Uh, because you know, as much as I love Danny Green, I don't want him moving out of the way every time he has to take take a three point shot. You're talking about on uh, defenders running out towards him. He pump fakes yeah. and has sidestepping to get the flyby. Exactly. And he, he's been doing it quite often mm-hmm. to the point where I don't believe we're making we're, – we're getting good enough spacing out of our players. Mm-hmm. But that, that issue is gone when they come out for the second half. So how are they able to correct it in 15 minutes but they come out so sluggish that makes me feel that it's bad preparation on the coaching staff because if they were well well prepared, they would come out and start the game like that because we still haven't seen 48 minutes of good basketball from this team despite the 7-1 record, despite the um, best defense in the league and being tied with the Celtics for the best record in the league. We haven't seen them put together a full 48 minutes. Yeah. So how, how, how do they manage to fix that at halftime but they come out so – so sloppy. Well, I'd like to see him play. I'd like to see this coaching staff play a team a second time mm-hmm. to see if they if they approach it the same way. Because that will justify whether it's just bad preparation or they just came out with a bad game plan. Mm-hmm. And I get it. They're not going to come out on fire every night and no. dominate people. You're going to have off nights. I, I understand. But we'll get that opportunity to see them a second time against the same team coming up here shortly with mm-hmm. Oklahoma City. They have a uh, doubleheader coming up against them, a home and home. Ugh, that game's gonna be garbage. Yeah, I don't believe it's a back to back. It's no, it's a like, day to travel in between. But yeah, it's a home game for the Lakers, and they go to Oklahoma City. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they beat us that. Yeah, yeah, I, they just started doing that a couple years ago, and it drives me insane. I can't stand it because <laughs> when I first started falling in love with basketball, and I started watching basketball. You didn't play the same team back to back nights unless it was the playoffs. Yeah. So they started doing this in the regular season, and I'm. Like, yeah. Well, why, why would you play someone in LA and then and fly to Oklahoma City? Basically, y'all might as well take the same plane. Exactly. Like, well, <laughs> let's have a great kumbaya. And <laughs> it, it's it's something else, but they did. The Lakers have played a lot of bad teams, as I said. And I, I more so, I want to see them against good competition. Yeah. Well, and that's why the Clippers game was so big to me, because that's supposed to be. At the start of the season, Lakers-Clippers won two best teams in the league. Championship was going through Staples Center at some point with one of those teams, and they came out and they laid a goose egg. They lost by 10. Yeah. Um, Patrick Beverly was – Yeah. Former Laker Patrick Beverly, yes, sir. (laughs) 
And uh, but they they have beat the Jazz. They have beat the Mavs. I think the Mavs are legit. Yeah, with Doncic and Porzingis. Oh, the Mavs are Doncic might sneak up as a dark horse MVP candidate this year. He's balling out. He is. He is. I, I mean, still I, twenty years old. That's scary. Dang. He's scared. Well, the only thing that doesn't scare me about Doncic is he has like no athletic bone in his body. He's just crafty. <laughs> I mean, he's just There's been crafty. plenty of players in the past that were just crafty and not athletic. Bro, Steve Nash. Yeah. Do, do you consider him athletic? No, not whatsoever. One of the greatest point guards ever. But he, you know, he could, he couldn't, he couldn't finish it. John Stockton couldn't finish it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. But Doncic is six seven, man. He still has size. Uh, I, just, I mean, with all the wing players in the NBA today, I can't see Doncic. Like. Yeah. I'm a, I just can't see I'm it a right now. We'll, we'll see in five years where we're at with it, but yeah. I think in five years you're going to be talking about, oh, man, you called it. But, <laughs> look, here's what, this is what I'll give him. You got Doncic and you got Porzingis, and mm-hmm. Porzingis is still, still playing like he's injured. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's playing through an injury. Yeah. So when he gets back to being, if he gets he back to being He missed 19 Porzingis, months, too. Let's add that in there. Because he got hurt in January with the Knicks, didn't play at all last season, and it, it – Calendar months, it was like 19 months. So Maybe you can't expect him to come hit the ground like. If he wasn't too busy getting knocked out in Russia. He might <laughs> <be better play. laughs> hey, man, I'm not going to criticize how these men live their lives because if I had the money, I'd be traveling around the world too. <laughs> but the San Antonio game in San Antonio, that that was a big win as well. Yeah. Um, that. I- you know, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll give the Lakers respect for winning San Antonio, beating San Antonio. But when I watch San Antonio, I feel like they have no scoring options. They're just passing the ball around the perimeter, looking for open threes. And eventually they make them, but that's not going to get them over the hump. They, they need a score. So when I respect the Lakers for beating Pop, but I don't really respect them for beating the Spurs. I don't think the Spurs ever really thought they had a chance to contend this year, though. Oh, man. I mean, but at the end of the year, I guarantee you we're going to see them in the playoffs. Well, not not play them, but they will make the playoffs. They will be a top eight seed in the West. They might sneak in as the eight seed, but they'll be in the playoffs. If they make it into if they make it into playoffs with this team, that's a huge success. Uh, you might as well just get popped in. Yeah. Give him the year. MVP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but because, you know, we've been talking about the Spurs. Oh, when are they going to fall off this year, this year, for the last three or four years? Mm-hmm. He had, This dude has them in the playoffs every year. Yeah. Even last year when they lost DeJounte Murray early in the season, for the whole season. That's true. It still made the playoffs. Yes, he had DeRozan. Yes, he had Aldridge. But those are two um, players that take a lot of mid-range shots. And mm-hmm. that's not the trend for winning basketball in the NBA, team. but he still got him to the playoffs last year. True. As a seventh seed, not even eight seed, seventh seed. Yeah. So, I mean, I no, I don't think anybody expects San Antonio to contend. I don't even think they expect it, but he'll have them competing. And anytime you beat San Antonio in San Antonio, that, yeah. that's a big win, yeah. especially if you're Lakers because we know the rivalry behind Yeah, because they hate us. Exactly. So... I mean, I, I like that win. The Chicago game scared the hell out of me. The Chicago I, game. I didn't understand. Down 13 to start the fourth quarter. and I mean, I don't, I don't even, I only know one player that plays on Chicago. Zach Levine? Yeah. So I don't I don't understand why they were About losing. About Lori Martin, Kobe White. 
you know, cut his hair with that. I mean, Kobe, <laughs> Kobe what, a rookie? Yeah, he's a rookie. Like, he's a rookie. Look, I'm not even thinking about you if you're a rookie. Okay. Not unless you're like a superstar. Like, if you were Zion Williams, Brian Williamson, I, I'd think about you. Like, okay, he's going to be a factor in the game. Mm. But if you're Kobe White. What about somebody like Cam Reddish? What do you think Cam Reddish? I mean, after that. And that would make him the perfect third option because come the end of the game, when you have there's something else that I want to talk to you about as well, the closing line. But when you have a closing lineup, you're gonna have LeBron and AD there. A lot of people want Kuz there. Danny Green, Avery Bradley, that what that's five. Yeah. So in that, if you run that lineup out, Kuz is obviously the third option. So I I don't I'm not so focused or worried about the lack of pick and roll play. It would be nice to see it more. Yeah. For just to get sure shots and in rhythm and everything like that. So I understand that point, but to say we can't have a third option without that, I don't I don't agree with that part because I still think even if we're not playing pick and roll, Kuz can still provide that third option as long as when Vogel is staggering LeBron and A D have Kuz out there. Well Kuzman he may not be ready to be leader of any unit. I mean, keep in mind he's coming off a foot injury, so mm-hmm. he probably can't really get off like he wants to get off. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to be that third option, he's going to need to be at least 70, 80% in shape. Yeah. What, yeah. But what what do what do we think he's at now? Cuz it wasn't even I mean, a stress fracture. It was a stress reaction or whatever. And from what I understood, it, it's like it's levels to it, just like in everything else in life, there's levels to it. Yeah. And the first level of noticing it is stress reaction. Because a lot of this last little bit of conversation has been just NBA in general. You're a big Alex Caruso fan, my man. Oh, yes. Yes. He needs more minutes. Alex Caruso needs I mean, Make your case. Look, he's productive every single time he steps on the, on the, on the floor. The fans love him. <laughs> He, he's athletic. He can dunk. Uh, he can guide your fast break. He can shoot. He can pass. He can rebound. Why isn't he getting more minutes? I mean, I would completely replace him with KCP. Like, hey, KCP, just take a seat on the bench. I'm going to put Alex Caruso over there, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll play with this. I want to see what this experiment looks like. Do you want the honest answer to that question? Yes. Reputation. KCP has more of a defensive reputation and uh, showing it more than Alex Crusoe. People forget Alex Crusoe was on a two-way contract last year. Yeah. Fighting for a G League spot. Now, I'm not going to argue with your points about the athleticism. He's a fan favorite. I love the energy and hustle he brings to the game. But to say he needs more minutes, I'm honest. I'm honestly happy with where his minutes are now. Really? Yeah. The one issue I have about Crusoe is I don't want him running points so much. I want him at the two because he's 6'5". But he's a guy who could take pressure off of LeBron because he can mm-hmm. run. But I don't think offense. he has a ball handling or shot creating ability to actually do I don't it. Know if he, when I say shot creator, I mean a Jamal or somebody okay, yeah. that's going to go get you no. like a Lou Williams. I don't a think Lou Williams a, would be great for the Lakers. So he's not a shot creator, but he could take a few possessions off of LeBron just uh, by being there because he can, can run he the show. can go get us a bucket? He can run the show. He can run an offense. That's great. Can he get us a bucket? I don't think he can go. He can get us a bucket in the flow of the offense. Yeah. But can we give the ball to him but I, that's and what clear I, out and let him? All right. No, but that's what I want. I want him to get 
a bucket within the offense. I don't want him to go get a bucket on his own. Yeah. Because if that was the case, I might as well just sit LeBron down completely and have him run the show. No, nah, you don't want to sit LeBron down. Cool. No. <laughs> no, not for Caruso. <laughs> but uh, but like, I do I get, believe he deserves more minutes than KCP. I get where you're coming with that, and I know a lot of Lakers fans feel the same way about KCP and just wish he would get hell at this point. Even wave or cut, like yeah, just something like go, just take even to free up for the roster spot, you know, just, just take it. Um, but I, I'm still holding out hope. I, I don't. It's eight games in. I know every season that we've had KCP on this roster, he's looked worse and worse and worse. But I'm I'm just not at that point yet. I like where Crusoe's minutes are at. I just don't like that they're running him at point so much. If they gave him the same amount of minutes and ran him at the two with LeBron and AD, I would like him more. Okay, got it. But I still feel that we need a ball handler, a shot creator. I know Caruso can handle the ball, can pull, yeah. can bring it up, run the offense, things yeah. like that. But he's not a shot creator. He's not a scorer. No, no. No, that's not who he is. So, but given the role that KCP has, uh-huh. I think he'd be better at. at do you the really role. think he's better defensively than KCP? No, I think they're both okay. I mean, KCP, KCP was he was defending um, first game of the first game of the season. We played the Clippers. He was on Kawhi. Lock. He was on Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. He was there everywhere he needed to be. Mm-hmm. He was he was he played excellent defense in effect. Right. Kawhi got every shot he wanted, made every shot he made against him. Kawhi's going to do that to a lot of people. He is. But I saw that against Portland. I knew exactly what was coming. And I'm sure if I knew Portland. It's almost boring. Yeah. Cause, and it's a bunch of mid-range, too, which a lot, 90% of NBA teams are telling their players, don't shoot the mid-range. If you're in, in mid-range, drive to the rim yeah. for a layup yeah. or dunk or step back and take your chances to get the extra point. Yeah. So, I mean, Kawhi, that, and but that's part of why Kawhi's so boring. But see, then that's we put, like, other people on Kawhi when, when um, KCP went to the bench, mm-hmm. and they were more effective against Kawhi. So I'm like, why are they, more, why are they being more effective than you are, even though you're, you're, where, you need to, even though you're where you need to be? Mm-hmm. So I want to try it. I, I want to see it. So you'd rather you'd replace all of Crusoe's minutes with all of KCP? Well, I don't think that KCP should be in the starting lineup to begin with. Well, he's with. not starting. He, he started the one game against Chicago yeah. when Bradley sat out. But yeah. if everybody's healthy, KCP's not starting. So Good. Vogel isn't that dumb. Yeah. So, have, you know, even though KCP's coming off the bench, mm-hmm. give Caruso KCP's minutes. I'd rather see it. I'd rather see it. And run I, him at I the think point the Lakers need that energy, too. And run him at point with who? LeBron? Keep LeBron out there at the point. Because it goes back to what 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 is your closing five? Yeah, I know you say you don't have one and all that, I but I mean five. it can't be whoever's playing well. You have to have some sort of consistency. So excuse me, some sort of roles that players because that's when players start to play well when they know their role. Why do you sure. think Dwight Howard is sure. playing so well? Because he knows and he's accepted his role. That, and that, that last thing, accepting his role, is what he didn't do in Houston, Charlotte, Atlanta, Washington, mm-hmm. Memphis. His last 
previous stops. He didn't like this year. He's he knows that his yeah. career depends I'm on. I'm sure it all those, those other coaches are pissed off because he's uh, doing exactly what he should have been doing them. for them. Yeah, yeah. but now, exactly. So, I mean, I, I I feel like you have to know your role and accept it to thrive in it. Yeah. Whereas you're more willy nilly. You're. I feel like you're just like whoever's playing well that game, put them out there. Because there's no there's no third scorer right now. Right now we don't have a third scorer, so it's it's hard to say who's our our closing lineup because you only really have two two players. Yeah, you're gonna have AD and LeBron. Yeah. Everybody's gonna have AD and LeBron out there. Yeah, but that leaves three three spots, and I mean, I mean, yeah, Kuz is young. So you're gonna want to get you're gonna want to build his confidence and 13 percent from three point line. I get it, and that that's what. Like Danny Green is gonna be the third guy for now. But even then, he's had what one good game. Yeah. The one good game against Dallas. Yeah. The other playoff team. Uh huh. And then after that, Troy Daniels had a good game. Mm-hmm. Quinn Cook had a good game. Um, KCP for a game or two. Was playing okay. Uh, Caruso stepped up against Chicago and against Miami a lot, which goes to your point. I like the energy and effort and hustle he brought yeah. to that game. I think that's what saved Lakers that game, even though the stat sheet didn't show it. But I, I, I'm just not a fan of that third option bouncing around. I like that style if that's your fifth or sixth option. Yeah. Yeah, but but as a third option, that's too important. Who, who's your starting five to close out the game? Close out the game. Um, because we're closing it out, I want LeBron running point and holding the ball. When I say we need a shot creator and a score, I'm talking about everything outside of the last five minutes. Okay. Because I don't want LeBron holding the ball that much or running point at the beginning at the end of the game. Let LeBron run point. Yeah. Because he's going to make the best decisions. Yeah. yeah. So, Adjusted. LeBron at point, exactly. I'm probably going Avery, Danny Green, obviously AD, and then Dwight. Dwight? Dwight, yes. Can't. Why? The foul. The foul. Look up his free throws. Percentage. He's like, been shooting like seventy percent this year. I know he's. It's shooting. not the same old Dwight Howard, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Dwight. Does not change his strengths. <laughs> like I've seen this story. Okay, well, until he shows it to me, it starts missing his free throws, oh, man. man. But when he's going to the line, he's still 80 percent. Right? It's coming. He, DeAndre Jordan became a good free throw shooter, not elite, but he became. Look at what DeAndre Jordan did last year. What did he with do the, last year? With oh, the Knicks. As far as his free throw percentage, or free throw percentage, he went from about 30 40% with the Clippers and the Mavs. When he got to New York, it went up to 80 It went to that. It, look it up. Last year, he about damn near doubled <laughs> his free throw percentage. DeAndre Jordan, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling when you, you. When you play for the Knicks, you know, people just forget about you. I'm telling you, man. It, he, DeAndre Jordan shot from How many did he take? Three? I don't know. I, I can't tell you the attempts per game. I tell you about the range of his percentage as far as attempts. I, I don't know all that. But as of right now, Dwight is balling. As Dwight right is now, balling. I, I, I don't trust it. Why don't you trust him? Because I watched Dwight Howard. You have Howard. to give those minutes to Caruso. 
You'd rather have LeBron, AD, and a bunch of guards. And I am not ready to say, yeah, I'm just going to let Dwight Howard close it out. Dude, Dwight has been nasty this year. Us Lakers fans, man, I I understand when he left, what? You're right. Exactly. Say that again. I was what? (laughs) (laughs) He shot 77%. Exactly, man. And he was shooting, what, 30 40% with Clippers? Couldn't. Even hit the rim? Yeah, he couldn't buy a bucket. Yeah. So if Dwight can, if DJ sustained that for a whole year, let's say Dwight can't. Now you're telling me you won't put him out on the floor in crunch time because they're going to foul him? But he's a 70, 80% shooter. I need to find out how many he took. Look that up. I promise you. (laughs) I bet bet it wasn't 20 a game. It was probably more like three or four a game. Okay. But still, when you're going from 30% to 77%, yeah, I mean, that's a huge jump. He more than doubled it. Yeah. His percentage. He took 66, he made 51, so. 66 for the whole year? Yeah, the whole oh, year. So he was about one a game. Yeah. But the fact that he's 77% and took so few. Yeah, exactly. People are going to stop out. Yeah. But. So, a small sample size, but we got small sample sizes here with Dwight. Why, why would the strategy for opposing teams change? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that that's what I, I would honestly run Dwight and AD. But as a coach, if I was a coach, I'm gonna test it. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, you and have no to. one's gonna harp on me about testing it. Yeah, you have. We, I mean, you have to, even if it's just part of doing your due diligence. But at this point, inside, nobody is scoring on Dwight and AD. And then when you got no. LeBron at the three, who's a legitimate six nine, six ten, yeah. and motivated defensively, you're not scoring inside. Yeah, but. Are you more worried about scoring inside or scoring outside? I'm more worried about protecting the paint. And I'm loving everything I'm seeing with AD and uh, Dwight whenever they're in. JaVale, I like it, but to a lesser extent. Everybody forgive the uh, sirens if you can hear that. But I'm loving what they're doing because teams are eventually going to want to attack the paint. And you know they're not getting no easy buckets with Dwight and AD in there. And then LeBron playing free safety like he's always done. Yeah. So I think I think that D is just lethal. And look, it's gotten us the number one defensive rating. So why go away from what's working right now? You'll see. But that's where I'm at with it. I know you'd rather have Crusoe and Quinn Cook and Joey Daniels, Avery Bradley, <laughs> and LeBron. Sit <laughs> AD too because he apparently can't make free throws. Lying, exaggerating, but Kevin has a thing. Big man can't shoot free throws. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the early 2000s anymore, bro. Man. It's not It's not the Shaq and Hakeem. And but Pau Gasol can make his free throws. Oh, I love Pau. And he was 7-2. Yeah. How come you can't make your free throws? I, I personally I could but <laughs> or I believe I could anyways <laughs> but uh, I, I get the point but Dwight's been making them well he hasn't been making that many 77% bro I don't care about the attempts I care about the percentage no look at the percentage right now look I'll, I'll look, re-look it up but it, it looks like he was shooting 33% from what for a game or for the season? For the season, yeah. I think he's only shot nine. Huh. 33%. Yeah, 33%. Okay. Yeah. 
How many free throws? Nine. So you nine. Got that, made three you out of nine. Pull that off the top of your head. No, he's, like he's, he's it's Dwight Howard. He 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 has not changed when it comes to free throw shooting. That's why you can't leave him in your closing lineup. Okay, but they, but they, how many times have you seen a lob from AD to Dwight or yeah. AD to McGee? You don't like that. No, I like that. That dimension that it like gives that. you because you give AD the the ball in the mid post. Mm-hmm. The defense is going to come. Yeah, he'll just throw the little lob. That's a guaranteed two points. Yeah. So despite the free throw percentage, if Dwight is getting... Like, if it's in the last two minutes, it's fine because you can't foul. Because it, you, you end up yeah, it's up always foul. in the buffs, yeah. Yeah. But the whole fourth quarter? No. Nah. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the whole fourth okay. quarter. Just the last two minutes? No, I'm talking about last five. Okay. When I say closing, I mean the okay. last five. Okay. Because two minutes is just... That's win- that's real winning time, like. Yeah. Once I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not throwing nobody in there unless it's foul trouble or somebody fouled out or somebody got hurt or something like that. The last two minutes, I'm not really trying to make any adjustments. Mm -hmm. My, I'm putting my closing lineup out there at the five minute mark in the fourth quarter. So there's five minutes left. That's when I want my best closers out there. Yeah. Yeah. Kill them. Exactly. Either we're up. Okay, we're up. Go put your foot on their throat. Yeah. Or we're down, get us back in this game, and pull it out for us. So I'm going from the last five minutes. And I don't I don't think teams are going to be so easy to foul Dwight because then you're still putting them in foul trouble. And then anytime they touch AD, Yo, and AD's killing it from the line. It might or it might cause somebody to foul out. It might cause a go bear to foul. Yeah, yeah. It, it might. I think it would work on most teams except the Clippers because they do have a lot of low post depth. They have a lot of low post guys. But they're they just all kept throwing six, them at six, six, seven, six, eight. There's yeah. They're the Draymond Green types. Yeah, I mean they were throwing them at at AD. He was killing them, but they just yeah. kept throwing them. I was like, how many more guys you got? Yeah, but still like. I don't know. I think the uh, white is more of a positive. Oh, this than year, negative, yeah. Look, this year he has. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. You like it? Yeah. It's the best Dwight Howard I've seen <coughs> since he left Orlando. Sorry. Right. I agree. I agree. Even the first in around, he wasn't this good. Yeah. Uh, the numbers are going to be better, but. For what we needed in his role, he he didn't fit as well as he does now. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of Lakers fans have come back around to that's, him. And I'm I'm one of them. I don't know about you, but I appreciate everything that he's given and that he's been doing. And mm-hmm. I appreciate it so much. That, hell, I'm sitting here saying that I put him in my closing line. Now, starting the game, I I still like Javale. And I've heard a lot of people argue that JaVale should be coming off the mansion. Dwight should be a starter. And I don't agree with that because JaVale, he started for a championship team in Golden State. And JaVale's entire career, the knock on him was he's only going to give you about 15 to 18 minutes anyways, Mm -hmm. even if he's a starter. So if he's only giving us 15 to 18 minutes and Dwight is playing 26, 27, 28, Dwight is still getting those starter minutes. Yeah, I mean... You start JaVale... Starting starting, yeah, you start JaVale because that's how you keep him engaged. Yeah. 
and you don't want to lose him because if he becomes unengaged, he's going to go back to the shack that a fool bed that we saw in D.C. You get what I'm saying? So you want him engaged, and despite playing so few minutes, the way to keep him engaged is, look, you're a starter, bro. You're a starter on this team. That means you have some sort of leadership responsibility. You know, we're now you're not the leader of the team, but you are – a leader, a leader presence. Okay. Um, and you keep him engaged like that, and we've seen Vogel do it, and we saw Steve Kerr do it. He'll play six minutes of the first quarter, six minutes of the third quarter, and we won't see him again. He'll get 12 minutes, but he's technically the starter. The starter. Yeah. But then you look at the box score, you look at the minutes, and Dwight is playing starter minutes. Yeah. So that's why I, I wouldn't put Dwight – in the starting line. Plus, I want the energy and like I said earlier in the show. Great energy. Yeah, what he's been doing, how he's been pumping up the crowd, how he's been keeping the bench motivated. It, he's cheering everybody on, even uh, JaVale. JaVale makes a big play and Dwight could be sitting there and upset and sulking about it because that's in a way his competition. Mm-hmm. But no, he JaVale made a big dunk and a nice no-look pass against Miami and the first person off the bench was Dwight. Yeah. So I, I like everything he's bringing. I think that bench roll is perfect for what we needed. That was the biggest question mark because um, it was either Dwight Howard. Who was the other? Joe like, Kim Noah and uh, Murray Spates. Yeah. So Which most Spates would have been nice to stretch the floor, but he's only like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, yeah. So he's very undersized. Joe Kim, he was in New York after Chicago, and he said that – he was partying too much, basically, in New York, and that's why he was ineffective. Well, he's going to do the same thing out here in exactly, L.A. Exactly. Exactly. Why would I? <laughs> exactly. And, and the recent injury history, and I know Dwight only played nine games last year. And the celebrity list out here is a lot longer. Exactly. So I, I wasn't a big fan. when Boogie, I, was, I was thinking about Dwight before we signed Boogie. Hmm. Once we got Boogie, I, I thought Boogie was the right choice. Yeah, but he's still the right choice. Yeah, but then he hurt his ACL, and then now we have to find other options because Boogie clearly is not an option. Um, there's rumors that he might come back, Maybe. but we don't know. Yeah, uh, they said he, they haven't shut the door. On look, him. if he comes back, like he's running horns, last five minutes, it's over. Yeah, in the last five minutes, then I take Boogie and I put him in for Howard. Yeah. Yes, and then with AD and Braun and. Whatever two guards you want, to and that's throw that's the, yeah, yeah. that that was my ideal start, closing five. It was LeBron, AD, Boogie, and stretch the floor with with Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma. That's your five. Yeah, but we don't. As of now, we don't have Boogie. So after Boogie went down, I started looking at Dwight Howard. Yeah, I, as a basketball fan, I understood the fit, and I thought well, that might work. But as a Laker fan, I was like, no, this, I'm glad Rob did it, though. I'm glad Rob did it because I probably would not have had the balls to pull that off. I might, if I was actually, if I was actually sitting in as a GM of the Lakers, in my heart, I would have wanted Dwight. But I might have went for Joe Kim just for, yeah. yeah, just for public appearance and, yeah. I mean, that's Rob a hard, took a chance, that's a hard and he sell, is like looking a like a genius right now. Yes, yeah. I mean there were even, even rumors about how 
Dwight Howard wanted the Lakers to trade Kobe. Uh-huh. And, I mean, they may have only been rumors. Yeah. But it was just enough. They tried to, to get Kobe out. Yeah. Piss you off as a Laker fan. like Especially a Kobe fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this man deserves nothing. I hope you never get any ring. Who who is Dwight Howard? You got here one year. Yeah. You were here one year and you were asking us to trade, in my mind, let me preface it by saying that, you're asking us to trade the best Laker of all time, in yeah. my mind. Now, there's a lot of people out there that will agree with me on that, yeah. but there's a lot of people that won't. A yeah. lot of people that will say magic. Best or second best yeah. doesn't matter. For you? Yeah. No. Exactly. No. But let's uh, kind of wrap this up here because I don't know how long we've been going exactly about it. I feel like it's been about an hour and a half, two hours now. I'm just looking at the time. Last topic. When is the next Lakers loss? Let's take a look at the schedule coming up because I've been previewing it and it looks like a cakewalk. (laughs) It looks like we we have Toronto on Sunday the 10th, which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We have Phoenix on November 12th. My birthday, shout out to me. That's a road game. Back-to-back the next night against the Warriors. Now, I don't consider that a real back-to-back because that flight from Phoenix to L.A. is about yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah, that's like driving to the arena. Any Although I do hate flying out of Phoenix. Yeah, I, I haven't flown out of Phoenix. Oh. I think I might have flown out of it one time. But I it was I got there on a layover. I didn't so layover. They have this this windstorm uh-huh. when you're taking off. You'll feel it. Really? it. It feels like the plane is about to break apart. Hmm. And I've flown out of there and in there at least five or six times. And every single time with different airlines, it feels the same thing. Right. See, I've never had that experience. I've been to Phoenix Airport one time for a layover, mm-hmm. and I, from what I recall, I didn't have any memorable flight or anything like that. You, you, the most times you remember a flight is for negative reasons. Yes. So the fact that I don't remember it, I didn't really have no problem yet. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't have your experiences. But we got the Phoenix Suns on my birthday. Mm-hmm. First part of a back-to-back. Next part is Warriors at Home. The next that's day on, the, on, on this coming Wednesday. Game is on ESPN. The Kings, that should be a win. So now we're looking at Eight, nine, ten, eleven, and one after the Kings game. The Hawks, we talked about them That's a little bit, win. but that should still. If we come back with the with the loss to any of these, that's unexcusable. So that's eleven. Back to back against the Thunder, home and home. Now I think Chris Paul might cook us, but the Thunder don't really have him. And that's somebody we didn't do all that much. But year. that's somebody else we didn't talk about. Stephen Adams. Steven Adams is a great defensive big man. He is. He might put the clamps on AD. So I don't expect the Thunder to make any noise as far as the season goes, but they might give the Lakers help because they have a great defensive big man and a great perimeter guard. Now, let's hope Avery Bradley can do something with Chris Paul. Yeah, but you see, have you seen what Chris Paul's averaging? No, I have not. 16 points, 5, and five rebounds. I mean, sorry, 5 assists. How many rebounds? 3. He's not okay. much. He just he's chilling. Yeah, he's chilling. He's waiting to get traded to the championship. He, he wants to get paid. <laughs> yeah. For a long time, he said, "I want to get paid." He's finally getting paid, and he's not getting. He's not letting go of that money. So I'm not surprised he. So after the be. after those two Thunder games, that assuming they win all those, that would put them at fourteen and one. Mm-hmm. 
a 14-game winning streak. But it's still not tough. You have the Grizzlies. That's a win. 15-1. and one. Yeah. You have the Spurs on the road in San Antonio again. They might get challenged there. Yeah. But if they win, they're right. at 16 yeah. Then you st- you come back with the, the Pelicans, Pelicans and the, the Pelicans. Wizards at home. Okay. So the Pelicans might be a challenge. You think B.I. is ever going to be motivated? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. B.I. is balling out. We haven't yeah. oh, given he him is. any credit. He's been having a great season so far. Yeah, he's year. averaging like what, 25 points? 20, 25, 26, points? 27, somewhere around yeah. there. Um, they're going to, yeah, they're going to give the Lakers a game. Even if the Lakers win that game, they're going to come out with Josh Hart's going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoe's, no Zoe's going to score like more than 10 points. Nah, I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Zoe's not a scorer. Because I, I, you know Avery's not going to be on B.I. B.I. is too long. Yeah. So who are you putting I would put Avery LeBron on B.I. Yeah, but who are you putting Avery on? Zoe. You think Zoe is scoring 10 points on 10, 15, 20 points on Avery Bradley? I think he can get away with it. I'm not saying he's going to score 30. That's it, like 10 points. Like well, he'll for, have a double double. For Lonzo, 20 points is like him scoring 50. <laughs> the dude is scared to shoot the ball, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> we talked about how bad DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard were at shooting free throws. Look at Zoe last year from like, you're a basketball as a guard, as a point guard. Like you're a basketball player. Why are you scared to shoot the ball? Easiest shot in the game. Nobody contesting you. Nobody even stand. You're it's you. <laughs> like I don't understand how NBA players can get paid multi million dollars a year and not be able to shoot free throws, but I'm not an NBA player. Yeah. Um sure. after that Maybe if you couldn't shoot free throws, you get in. Maybe. That that that's the trick. Kids don't <laughs> practice your free throws. <laughs> <laughs> but uh then you get the Wizards at home. To close out November, that that's a win. Come that, on, now. yeah, that team is terrible. So what 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 game to end November do you think the Lakers will lose, or do you think they'll win all of them? Because I think that they should win all of them. That's how I feel. They should win all of them. But me knowing the NBA, I feel like there's a trap game in here somewhere. If I had to pick it, if I absolutely had to pick the trap game, I would say it's November twelfth against the Suns. Yeah. Or or the or November twenty fifth against Spurs, yes. Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Either one of those games. But if they can get out of those two games with the win, I think the rest of the schedule is a win, and that would put them at what sixteen and one, seventeen and one, eighteen and one, going into December. Yeah. Okay. You have the Mavs who tested us, mm-hmm. but they're coming here. Then you go to Denver and Utah and Portland. That's so that's tough. Lakers are going to lose one of those games. Well, I can Denver, it. Utah, and Portland. Mavs, Nuggets, Jazz, Portland. Oh, so you're extending this out to December 1st. You think they could possibly lose to the Mavs at home? Yeah, because, look, as a Laker fan, we all know we have problems in Portland. Oh, yeah. We talked about this before we, we start recording. We It doesn't always, matter if it's the Moda Center or the Rose Garden or whatever. I don't know what it is. Yeah, since I started watching in early 2000s, we've had time. We've had hard times. I don't know about you. You started watching about 10 years before I did. Always. Yeah. Always, it didn't matter. Yeah, that that that's the story that I've been living with as well. I'm sure a lot of other Laker fans can relate to that. But when is the Lakers' next loss? Assuming they beat Phoenix and assuming they beat San Antonio, do they really make it to December first? 
with one loss? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the schedule is so easy. It, it's very easy. And, and it's not their fault, but I'll take it. Oh, yeah. We need I'll to stockpile it. these wins now. I'm sure Kawhi Leonard and the Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers will fall behind because, you know, they're, they're down with the load management. Well, like I said, we need to load manage LeBron in the right way. And <laughs> us stockpiling these wins now? Will help. Exactly. So then when will we get? Who do we play in March? When we get the Pelicans March 1st who are trash, by then, hopefully, we've already locked up our playoff seat. Can we sit LeBron night night? I think we could probably sit him on the later part of March. We have the Pistons in Detroit March 22nd. Yeah. LeBron or AD has to sit that game, right? One yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, the Wizards on March 23rd. The Cavs on March 26th. Both on the road. Those should be two easy wins with or without LeBron and or AD. I'm pretty sure LeBron's going to want to play against the Cavs. Okay, so you sit AD versus the Cavs. Yeah. And you sit LeBron during the Wizard game and keep one of them on. But that's what I'm saying. That's how we need a low man. We need to look at and find our spots to where low manager without doing what the Clippers are doing blatantly, you know? Yeah, I know. So you... You overall, you think they're getting to December 1st without a loss? December 1st without a loss. Okay, I'm at the point. I want to go with that. I want to agree with you, but... I mean, if we had young players, it'd be different. Yeah. I would I would think that they're going to fall in, fall in the trap against a team like the Spurs. Right. For sure, the Spurs. Well, that that's where I'm picking my next losses, November 25th. So you're going with one... Lakers have two losses going into December 1st. Exactly. I think they win everything else, but I think the Spurs are going to get them because the Spurs almost got them. Now, they might go back in San Antonio and uh, want some vengeance for a close game. But I think the Spurs will get them at least once this year, and they only play three times. Yeah. So it'll, they're going to go back to San Antonio. And at that point, the win streak will be 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. What? How much do you expect from a team on a fifteen-game win streak? You know they're going to be tired. They're going to be tired, and you know they're. I think the Spurs are that trap game. So I think they'll be seventeen and two come December first. You think they'll be eighteen and one? Eighteen and one. Okay. Just like the Patriots. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> but that was a lot. That was a Super Bowl they lost, man. That was the last game of the season. They were about uh, damn near done. If I I remember uh, when the Lakers got Gary Payton and Carmelo, oh, uh, and on KCAL nine after they lost their first game, it was well not eighty two and zero. How about eighty two and one? I was about I was about eleven twelve years old. And I bought it. Yeah, that's right. Like, uh, but that's how you sound to me right now. You just think they about to blow everybody out. I don't think they'll blow everyone out, but I mean, this part of the it, the teams are playing, but they're just not very good. They're just not very good. And that's why I think they're going to make it all the way and to November twenty fifth. Yeah, and the team that we play, that the teams that we play are that are difficult. They're spaced. It's spaced out. Like even in January, like the another tough stretch is. On January 18th, we play the Rockets. Uh-huh. And then the next game, the, two days at later. At the Celtics. Yeah, at the Celtics. Then we play the Knicks and the Nets. 
and then we get the 76ers. So we get we have all the good teams we need to play spaced out. The schedule is meant for the Lakers to be the first seed in the playoffs. Okay. See, I don't think that way about the season. Just for the simple fact that I think the Lakers are built for the playoffs. Yeah. So I think they'll be fine coasting into a fourth or fifth seed. Um, but that's why I think that this first part of the season is so important because we need to stockpile these wins now because we might not get them at the end of the year. And even if we are able to get them at the end of the year, we still need to have some sort of cushion so that when we sit LeBron and we come to him like, yo, look, we've already locked up a top three seed. You really don't need to go tonight against Detroit. That's for sure. Detroit, that's a bad team. You don't need to go against Atlanta. You don't need to go against the Magic. You don't need. We don't need you. You get what I'm saying? So take your game off now. I'm not saying sit him 20 games like Kawhi is going to do, but it's a lot like you want load management, be up 20 going into the fourth quarter. And the season-long equivalent to that is have a playoff seed locked up early. So that now we, now we can don't, rest yeah, you. Yeah, even if we lose, okay, our seating might change, but we're concerned about getting to the playoffs and having you for the playoffs. Yeah, I think that if the Lakers try to go all out and try to get the first seed or the second seed, that's where they're going to go wrong. They need to be okay with the four or five seed and understand this is a team built for the playoffs. You go with four or five seed. If we get to the playoffs, I'm happy. Here's why. <laughs> because we haven't been to the playoffs for so long. And like I said, this is a team built for the playoffs. When the playoffs start and the game slows just down, is that not going to work in the Lakers' favor? It will. But you okay. need that like, home court advantage means so much more in basketball than any other sport. I get that point, too. And I agree with it. But at the same time, I think they... They have the veteran leadership, and LeBron is on a mission. And even though home court means so much more in the NBA than any other sport, I can say the same thing. One player in the NBA changes and impacts a game more than one player in any other sport. Yeah. So even if we come in, say, God forbid, we get the eight seed, and LeBron is still a top three player in the world, talent is going to win out regardless in the NBA. So I'm not so much worried about, you know, we need home court. I, would I like home court? Who wouldn't? But I think this is a team built for the playoffs, and that even if we're, we come in four or five, home court doesn't matter to LeBron. We saw what he did in Cleveland. His last year in Cleveland, he was the fourth seed. Went on the road and beat to the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Went on the road and swept the Toronto Raptors, who won the championship the next year with Kawhi. Granted, Kawhi wasn't on that team yet. It was still DeMar DeRozan. But you swept them the year before they won the championship. That has to say something. I would agree with you if he had done this in the West. But he did this on the East. Where Where things are a lot easier. A lot easier. And you don't have to play... A team like the Houston Rockets, or you don't have to play a team like the Denver Nuggets or the Utah Jazz. All those teams are scary. They all have their two or three players. Yeah, the Jazz and the Nuggets scare me in the playoffs. Yeah, they Portland do. scares me in the playoffs. Whiteside? 
Or is it Dame? Dame. So it's backcourt? Killer. He's a killer. I'm more concerned about Whiteside. I mean, he, although I do love Dame, I love his game. And if the Lakers could get Dame. Yes. With AD. Now, he's locked in long term. He's like, yeah. he just signed, I, I think, a max contract this year. So they would have to give up some Something significant, crazy. Yeah, yeah, which they can't do because, yeah, not for the next couple of years anyways. But I'm still in love with Booker and AD. I think that, I've thought about it a lot. I think that combination is great. I'm, hell, I might go on 2K right now and shout <laughs> <laughs> out. <laughs> Real talk. But is there anything else you want to add? I think I think we're good. I, I think it's a good start. Okay, so you're saying December 1st is the next loss. I'm saying November 25th against Spurs. December 1st. At home to the Mavs. 18-1. Okay. We'll see. All right. I'm going to make a Twitter for this YouTube channel. I'll drop the link in that description box down below. Like I said, if you guys can please like, subscribe, and share this channel, that would do great for us. I hope you enjoyed the inaugural. Did I pronounce that right? Inaugural? Yeah, inaugural. There we go. Um, episode of the Purple and Gold Hoops podcast. This is Adam. And Kevin signing off. You want to say goodbye to the people? Peace. All right. You guys have a good night. We'll talk to you later.